It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Auburn Tigers add another defensive player. We talk about what that means on this live edition of Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome on into a live edition of Locked on Auburn. And we are going live because Auburn just added another transfer target and already put up tomorrow's show. So obviously I did not mention the newest edition, Morris Joseph. And if you're new to the, the, the show, my name is Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen Every single day. Really appreciate it. And for the live chat, folks, let me know what you think about the addition of Morris Joseph Jr. from Memphis. Uh, He's a defensive tackle with a ton of experience. And that's kind of about all that we know when we look at this guy. Because you look at his track record and kind of his resume... He's been playing college football for a little bit. In 2021, according to Memphis, he was a senior. So this looks like a grad transfer type move. Doesn't have a whole lot of eligibility left. And this is the kind of thing where we thought that, okay, maybe they're going to add pieces that could possibly provide depth in 2022 and then provide upside for 2023 and 2024. That's what I thought the route of what this offseason would look like. And... For the most part, I think that's what it has looked like, but that's not what this move is. And so in 2017, it looks like he was at UTSA, and then he transferred to played at community college, Iowa Western, played there in 2018, had a really good year, and then that earned him um, an offer to go to Memphis, He played in all 14 games as a sophomore at Memphis, which you have to love that. And then in 2020, he played in all 11 games there. And in 2021, last year, you started to see him get more and more starts, which makes sense. And last year was his best year. He had 38 total tackles. So, but still, like, with big interior defensive linemen like Morris is, well, he's listed at 6'2", 275. Stats don't really matter so that's something to keep in mind um glenn ireland asked is he more of a three technique i think that's a reasonable assumption glenn six uh what we say six two two seventy five that's still probably a pretty big three technique um the addition is interesting to me because I, I don't see where where he fits. Like, I don't know if we really needed this for 2022. You definitely need more of it. But I just think with, I think it's great for Auburn. 
I'm confused why he chose Auburn. Um, Chris James, this guy feels like Tony Fair. That's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great situation. The interesting thing here, though, is when Tony Fair came in, there wasn't a Jason Jones that had just moved here or a Marquise Burks who was on his last year of eligibility. And so that, that to me, is the difference here. Um, AJ uh, says... Auburn's defensive line has been so strong historically. Take all the depth in that we can get. No, I, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Robert Smith, is this guy better than Tony Fair? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's a similar situation. Um, the difference between him and Tony Fair is probably going to be his first step, but I'm not going to act like I've watched tape on this guy and I've watched tape and studied um, Memphis defensive line play but just the the fit it's the fit that I think is interesting and as far as the timing of it all I thought the transfer portal during the summer would be filled with guys that could help you in the future and this guy cannot help you in the future because he's going to be out of eligibility and so that's the big question is okay what was sold to this guy Um, Because I believe the coaching staff is telling them the truth. They had to have pitched him, okay, you're going to play and you're going to contribute and you're going to help us become, you know, a better defensive line as a unit with you coming here. And so I'm just curious to see what that looks like. Let me know your thoughts. Give me some takes about this guy. What do we know? What do we like about him already? Um, Zay asks, is this guy better than Jason Jones? I doubt it. I doubt it. And, and I think the timing of when guys enter the portal and when guys commit matters. Um, I, I, I have a very, very high opinion of Jason Jones. That's part of why I think this is a little interesting. Um, let's see. Zach, in your opinion, do we need anybody else on defense? James, I don't know. I, I, think, I think you probably need more guys that can play in the middle of the field at, at the linebacker position and at the safety position. We saw them shore up a little bit of it with Craig McDonald, but they're still going after linebackers. In fact, I was halfway through writing an article at AuburnDaily.com about a, a James Madison linebacker who was an FCS All-American last year that Auburn had offered. Everybody's offering him, and he's tweeting about it a ton, so you know he's doing a good job marketing himself, but Auburn's still looking at linebackers. Um, so... I think you always need more on defense. And Auburn has so many scholarships to give. Like, why not? But if I had to pick between, like, a trench guy on defense or a trench guy on offense, I think we all agree with that we would want offensive linemen. <laughs> offensive linemen are wide receivers, right? So who are we looking at for edge? I, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, guys, I really want to make this about Morris Joseph Jr. I kind of want to go through all of this together and just kind of see what all we can learn about this together. Um but I think it's important because the fact that he's a grad transfer tells me that this coaching staff really believes in him for 2022. And we've just kind of been told that, okay, you know, there's not a whole lot of dudes left in the portal. Um, so I, I think that's, I think this is a good thing. I really do. Um, let's look at pro football focus. Let's look at what some of the analytics, what the analytics have to say about this guy. Because I think there's going to be some value there. It's also going to be able to show us where all he lined up. So let me pull this up 
and then I will share this with you guys. Um, let's see. Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. All right. I've never shared my screen on a live before, but let's try it out. Let's see what we do here. Share screen. Just kidding. It's not going to let me. Dead gummit. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. Y'all are judging me, and I feel it. I absolutely feel the judgment. That's okay. All right, we can do it. This I'll just I'll just read it to you guys. So looking at the defensive grades for Memphis last year. Wow, he was their sixth overall defensive player last year. He scored a 71.4. That's outstanding. He played 575 total tackles last year. He rushed the passer 296 times, which is pretty high. That's a pretty high clip. So his defensive rating was 71.4. His rush defense rating was 74.1. His tackle rating was 66.8. That's not good. His pass rush rating was 60.5. That's not good. And he actually has a coverage rating because he technically was in coverage on two snaps. So that's, that's hilarious. That's absolutely hilarious. So that's pretty good, guys. That's pretty good. Uh, do you know, let's see, Russell asked, do you know his defensive grading from the last couple seasons? All right, so last year, it was a 71.4 in 2021, which is really good. That was six best on Memphis's defense. I think that would make him... I think that would make him a top 10 defender for Auburn last year, too, if he had that same um, if he had that same number. Guys, get this. Get this. In 2020, he had the third highest defensive rating. In 2020, he had an 80.8 defensive grade. That's outstanding. He played 605 total snaps in 2020. He had a rush defense grade of 81 and a half. That's tremendous. Had a tackling grade of 80.3, significantly higher than last year's tackle grade. That's really encouraging. He had a pass rush grade of 72.4. That is fantastic. All right, let's go back to 2019, and then I think that'll be that'll be it. Um, dropped a little bit in 2019, 69.4. So still nice, still nice, but. Um, that 2020 season was spectacular. Maybe not statistically, but as far as impact on the field, like you have to love that. Um, all right, so who snaps is he taking? That's an interesting question. And you guys let me know what you think in the chat. Who snaps is he taking? Does this hurt Jason Jones? Does this hurt Marquise Burks? I don't think he can go much wider than that. I don't think it's going to impact Marcus Harris, right? Can he be that frame and impact Marcus Harris's role as a three technique? Is this guy going to be anywhere outside of a guard? Defensively, as far as alignment goes? Um, yeah, a lot of comparisons to Tony Fair here in the chat, and I get it. I totally think that makes sense. Um... 
What does this move do to Marcus Harris? That's that's interesting because that's even more interesting because the guys that we've mentioned, with the exception of Marquise Burks, all of these guys that we've talked about are Harson guys. It's not like he's bringing in folks to replace, you know, the previous regime's guys, which I totally get the argument for doing that. But that's not what's happening here, especially if he's going to impact Marcus Harris's potential snaps. And we don't know that he's going to do that, but it is fun to uh, it's fun to speculate. Um, SL Hauser says, sounds like a great add to the defense. Woohoo. Yes. Um, I mean, pro football focus numbers, analytics are not everything, but that's a good, uh, that was a really pleasant surprise. That was an outstanding and very pleasant surprise. Um, Chris says could be rotational based on down and distance. Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe he goes in on first and second down. What does that rotation look like? And that's 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 exactly what I've said about Jason Jones so far this offseason. Was what does the rotation look like at interior defensive line with Jason Jones? Can Jason Jones rush the passer on third and six or third and eight? Because you want those dudes that okay, okay, they still could run on the you know third and five. Can Jason Jones defend the run and defend the pass as far as the pass rush goes? Um I think so. I think, but hey, maybe this guy's a better fit at that. What do y'all think? Joseph was listed as a first team preseason all-conference DN, not D-tackle. There you go. There you go. And just looking at the, the pass rushing numbers, like they're okay. They're not great. Looking at last year's pass rushing stuff. He had 17 pressures last year, three sacks. Four quarterback hits, 10 quarterback hurries, 26 tackles, 10 assists, five missed tackles. So he missed tackles a little over 12% of the time. Um, For 270 plus, though, you take that, I think. I definitely think you take that from the pass rushing standpoint. Um, This is a good question, Jamie. So for folks that did not hear... Today's show, Mike G of the Warpor, um was with me, and we ranked our players because at the time, Auburn had seven players coming in. And um, I'm trying to think. We did it based off of impact. And, Jamie, I'm just shooting from the hip here. I haven't had a ton of time to really think about this. But my gut says that he would probably be right after Jason Jones. And I think... I got it right here. I think I had Jason Jones at four. Let me look. I had Jason Jones at four. So my current list from one to seven was Craig McDonald, Zach Calzada, DJ James, Jason Jones at four, Eugene Asante at five, Robbie Ashford at six, and DeZalen Warsham at seven. And so he'd probably be at five. I think I'd have him at five. What do y'all think? Where would y'all put him from one to eight? One being the most impactful, eight being the least impactful. You don't think they'll make a splash or any sort of way on the roster. Where would you rank um, Morris Joseph? Eli asks, uh, aren't we already stacked the D-line? Yeah, that's kind of what's interesting. And like, I think it's great for folks just joining in. I think this is a great move for Auburn. I question the move for Morris Joseph. And that's why I'm like, okay, Jimmy Brumball, Auburn's defensive line coach, 
what did he pitch? What was his sales pitch to get a guy like this to come in and say, okay, you don't have a lot of eligibility left. This is it. This is it for you. Very similar to Tony Fair uh, a year ago, getting him from UAB. Um, I'd love to know what the sales pitch was because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, for him unless he was promised the world, right? Unless he was promised like, okay, you know, you're going to play a ton of snaps. But just look at what he did at Memphis. Uh, last year, he played 575 snaps. I don't think he plays 500 snaps next year. I don't think. Um, yeah, Glenn says you can never have too many D linemen. That is true. That is true. Russell says, this move puts even more fire under Marcus Harris, driving him to an even better season than he was already set to have. We got some dudes on the D-line. You're right, Russell. You were absolutely right. And look, I think Marcus Harris is ready for an incredible season. I do wonder if his role now becomes more of a pass rush situation. Um, But even then, like, when Auburn goes base, you'll, you'll have your defensive tackle. So whether it's Jason Jones or Marquise Burks or, you know, whatever big man you want to have, they've got different options there. And then you're probably going to have, I don't know. It, the interesting thing is you can put Colby Wooden anywhere. You can put Colby Wooden at the three. You can put him at defensive end. You could stand him up on the edge if you needed him to, uh, if you needed to do that. I don't think with his roster you really need to do that because of Equiliota and Derek Hall, but still uh, a fun conversation to have. Um, Chris, if he's a grad transfer, he's going to have to be... Oop, I lost your comment. He's going to have to be on the higher end of impact. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he knows, right? I mean, if you're doing this, you're betting on yourself, which is totally what Brian Harson wants, right? I mean, Brian Harson, he's all about, you know, come in and earn it. Can you come in and take it? Because um, if you can, there, you know, there's something really special on the other side for you. And so I think, um, I think it fits what Auburn wants to do, which is exciting. So still a lot of comparisons, a lot of comparisons to Tony Fair. And I think the situation is similar. But some of you are saying he was listed as a defensive end. And if that's the case, it's not the same thing. Um, let's see if I can... Uh, let's see if we can figure out where... He lined up. First things for his best game of the season last year, according to Pro Football Focus. How funny, get this. His best game last year was against UCF. How about that, Gustav, Gus Malzahn? Yeah, he had a defensive rating of 76.4. And he only had one, uh, he only had one pressure. He only had three tackles, but that just tells you that he's impacting the game. Which I would much rather have anyway. So that's, that is huge. I'm trying to find snaps by position. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so he was, uh, it looked like he was all interior. Um, okay, all right. So of the 574 snaps last year, 181 we're at left end. So this guy moves around. 
Um, defensive right tackle, 89. Defensive left tackle, 72. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, he he is a three technique slash probably like a three, four defensive end. I think it's kind of what we're looking at, guys. So, it, this is not Tony Fair. This is not a Tony Fair type thing. It may be similar in situation because they're coming in with uh, with one year of left of eligibility. Like, this is kind of your last shot. You've been a little bit of a journeyman. I guess he's technically been at four schools now. Uh, UTSA. Um, Bowles, the community college he went to. Um, Western Community College. And then Memphis. And then Auburn. So, like, journeyman, much like uh, Tony Fair was. But there's different. There's a, there's a different role here, which is great. I, I think that's more needed. Now it kind of makes you wonder, because Auburn's thin at edge, and I think that's a concern, and this guy's not an edge. It doesn't look like it, but you know maybe it allows you to scoot some guys out if you need to. Um, so I, I like this a lot. I like this a ton. Let's see. How do I think Owen Papo will do? I think Owen's going to be great. <laughs> I think Owen's going to be great. Um, oh, Russell, you're, I think you just said what I just said. Let's see. Russell says, since we couldn't wrangle, there's a hundred of you in here. That's wild. Uh, Russell says, since we couldn't wrangle an edge, coaches may be planning to plug and pressure the middle with bigger defensive linemen emphasizing more linebacker DB blitzes to enable D Hall and Eku total unit Leota to be fresh in the fourth. Maybe. I also think um, that that certainly could be true, Russell. I don't love blitzing DBs. Just, that's just a philosophy thing. But I, I do wonder... I, I think a lot of this is we're slowly seeing Harson's what he wants in players. And I think he really wants versatility. I think he wants guys that can do more than one thing. So the more I look at these this guy's numbers, I wanted to be quick and go live as quick as possible before I could really look at this and then we can kind of work through this together. Um, but this makes more and more sense the more I look at it. Oh, wow. This, this is a take. Wizard of Waz. If he stays healthy, he'll be a day two pick. How do you know that? <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. That's great. I hope so. I hope so. Um, I don't know about that one. Maybe. Maybe. Um, oh, you were talking about Owen. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I agree. If Owen stays healthy, he should be, he could be a first rounder. He's got good traits. So, um, all right, let me know. Where would you guys rank the addition of Morris Joseph from one to eight? One being Zach Calzada, you know, probably the most valuable transfer coming in. Eight being a guy that you do not believe will play at Auburn. Where do you rank his impact just for 2022? Not for beyond that, just just for 2022. Because that's the only way we can really grade Morris Joseph. So we need to kind of be even when we say all this. Three or four? Three? Four? Three? Five? You guys are high on him. Five, five. I think I said five. I think I said five as some a few fives come in. Jamie with another four. 
four because he's taking snaps from Jason Jones. Jamie, even after we read that he took 180 snaps at left defensive end last year, you still think you still think it impacts Jason Jones that much? Seven seems too low. Four, I was thinking five. Um position of need, so it drives it up to a three. I get that. I get that. Um Okay, so you guys are high on him. You guys are really high on him. I still think I, I still like the addition of Jason Jones more. I think it's close, but I like it a little bit more. And my mind may change the more I look at this guy. Um, Paul Ryan says he's two, the second highest. Who's ahead of him? Just curious. Is it is it Calzada? Or do you think somebody else has more value in 2022 as a transfer than him? Just curious. Three slash four. Okay, so a lot of you guys are, are high on this guy, which is outstanding. That is outstanding. Um, he did a few, he did some special team stuff as well. Um, he was on punt return, which makes sense. Um, he actually wasn't on there as much as I would have thought, but he can play special teams, so that's good. Um, Okay. Yeah, you had Calzada first. That makes sense. Eugene Asante is two or three. Okay. All right. This is fun. This is fun. We got opinions all over the place. An absolute unit, some might say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So a bunch of new folks have come in, and I just want to rehash who this guy is. So Morris Joseph committed to Auburn earlier tonight. He is an Orange, Texas native. And he went to UTSA out of high school. He quickly transferred to Western Community College. And after a pretty impressive season there, he had 35 tackles at the community college level, which is awesome. Seven sacks, three forced fumbles, also had a block. Um, He went to Memphis, and his playing time gradually increased over time, which is a good sign. It's exactly what you want to see. And then um, in 2021, it kind of culminated into, okay, he had a really good season and extremely versatile. Um, No, no, guys, punt return in regards to like he was on the field for a punt return. He did not return a punt. I'm sorry. I should have said that differently. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Um, Eli asks, um, shouldn't we go after younger offensive linemen for 2023? Yes. You're the TikTok stud, right? You're that Eli, right? We need to get together, man. We keep we keep DMing back and forth. We need to we need to pull the trigger on that, man. Um, yeah, that's what I've been saying on my podcast every day. And so every time you know Trevon Reed and this coaching staff, you know, drops the eyes that like up oh, something's coming, something's coming. It's like is it an offensive lineman? And you don't need guys that have played a lot. You literally just need bodies that have upside. You know, former three stars that maybe redshirted their freshman year, didn't win a starting job their second year, and they were just kind of pieces on the, the on the depth chart. That's what I thought Auburn would be going for with offensive linemen, with defensive linemen, and that's what I thought this move was when I saw, you know, the tweet from Morris Joseph saying business trip committed, and it's a picture of his family and, and Brian Harson and the coaching staff. I thought this would be a like a redshirt sophomore type dude that can give you depth in 2022 and then beyond that, 
could potentially be a starter because Auburn's going to lose essentially their whole defensive line and their whole offensive line after this season. So it's like get a guy that can kind of help you in practice and provide depth and some insurance and get him in the system. So next year when it's their time to shine, and what an easy sales pitch too, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Because they're already not playing where they are because maybe a new coaching staff took over or, you know, a guy that's in the same class as them beat him out. And so then you can promise them, here is a path to playing time. Guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I'm going to put the, the part about Morris Joseph in podcast form, so that'll go up in the morning. Thank you guys so much, and I will uh, talk to you all later. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.